Why, hello there. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Joe. And this is Queers with Queers. Queries. with Queries. That one was... Okay, we got that. No, that was, tra- that was trash. Why did... Wait, really? Yes. It sounded good on my end, but, like, <laughs> I thought it sounded good on my end last week, too, and I listened back to it, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, dear. <laughs> Look, honestly... Every the start of every episode is just going to be us debating whether we got it right. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> it's just going to be honestly, it's just going to be a running gag at this point. It's just our brand now. Yeah, mm, branding. <laughs> Sell yourself. <laughs> um, this week we're talking about body image. Um, yikes. <laughs> yes, we are. It's, um, it's... <laughs> Yes, it, it is about body language. Just, like, cute, <laughs> uncomfortable silence, just crickets. As we both wait for the other person to say something about body image. No. Why don't we start off with a quick reflection on the previous episode? Oh, that's true. Um, last episode... Was a hit! <laughs> Yay. Um, ding, ding, ding. Well, yes. I had a, had a lot of positive feedback about the social media, um... And we'd like to make a formal apology if we made you feel bad um, about your screen time. Um, <laughs> sorry that we're just so good at um, <laughs> keeping our screen time down every day. Um, yes, you should feel ashamed of yourself. <laughs> no. Jokes aside, though, like, my screen time is honestly just down because I, like, actively make an effort not to look at my phone. Like, honestly, if I wasn't making an active effort, it would probably be a lot higher. And if I wasn't as, like, if I wasn't working as much as I do, I mm. probably would be looking at my phone a lot more as well. Like, circumstances. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm sitting at a computer eight hours a day. It's just a different screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so... Anyway, this week we are talking about um, body image and, oh dear, (laughs) self-identity and the identity we attach to our bodies and am I attractive enough? God. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really a lot, isn't it? (sighs) So much. I... What about, what about you? What are some maybe like issues you've had historically with your body image, just to dive right in. <laughs> what well, don't you like about yourself? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I was originally going to ask you before, like, talking about this myself. I was originally going to ask you, have you always been skinny mini Miss Skinny Legend your whole <laughs> life? <laughs> oh, my God. I did. Um, I have always been uh, a lean, a lean boy. <laughs> She's always been a Polly Pocket. <laughs> Polly Pocket. <laughs> Look, um, I don't. Yeah, I've, I've. Luckily, I've not had huge issues with um, my body um, and the way mm. I've seen my body. I think maybe I a little bit sometimes have been insecure about being skinny, um, but and maybe not being muscly enough. But otherwise, it's not been a huge um, anxiety I've had, which I'm very fortunate for. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. Being skinny, there's, like, while society doesn't necessarily stigmatize being skinny as much as it does some other body types... Absolutely. Being skinny doesn't automatically exempt you from having body image issues. And let's just 
make that clear from the jump because some people are like why is he complaining that's such a first world issue <laughs> like because a lot of people want to be skinny but like like having body issues does not equal having body image issues so let's just get that out of the way quick fast and i think i've been Um, seeing something more recently um about um yes being skinny doesn't exclude you from having body image issues but maybe your body type um isn't systemically um maybe hated against which is awful to say Mm. Not hated. When healthcare professionals that? tell fat people to lose their fat and they're like, mm-hmm, it's going to help all of your issues. It's like, sweaty, I came to you to get treatment for something. I didn't come to you for you to tell me I'm fat and tell me to lose weight. Um, <laughs> but no, that's not something that I've personally yeah. like witnessed for myself. Like, it's never happened to me. Mm. But I just know that that's an experience that a lot of my like fat friends do have. And also, we will be using, like, at least I will, I will be using the word fat because it's really weird how society has this thing where in order to be polite, we say larger and not fat. We say, oh, like, even when someone is, you know, maybe feeling down about being fat one day, you know, the polite thing to say is, oh, you're not that fat. It's like sweaty. People aren't delusional. They can weigh themselves. They can see themselves. Telling people that they're not fat doesn't help the issue. It stigmatizes fat more than it than it needed to because Mm. the issue shouldn't be the fat the issue should be them feeling down about their body right like do you know what i mean yeah no i absolutely understand and well i think it's this idea of yeah being comfortable with the body you have and finding whatever however you look um finding attractiveness in that rather than trying to meet society's expectations of what is attractive um because what we consume in the media is a very small proportion of what people actually look like. Yeah. yeah. Um, as for my personal, like, stuff, my, my personal history with body image, um, it's interesting because yeah. I there are times that I'm happy with my body and there are times that I'm not happy and that fluctuates and that's normal for everyone. Um, sure. But in terms of the way that my body acts, it's quite weird, like... You know that white, that like one white lady who lives in Fitzroy with a chunky gemstone jewelry who talks about manifestation? No, I don't, that, but please tell me. <laughs> that is my body. My body is a manifestation machine. She said cause and effect the house. Like, my body is like, <laughs> if I eat something that's bad for me, the next day it will just balloon out. Or like, if I, you know, exercise a little bit more and like, you know, eat healthy for like a day it'll suddenly just be like, let's be skinny mini. And then if I do like, I don't know, resistance exercise, like within a week, it'll be like, look at these new muscles. So my body is literally, it just, it's so volatile. It just keeps changing. So it's really weird. Um, yeah, that yeah. is super weird. Uh, I, so I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't notice my body changing a lot. And I think maybe, um, well, there's something scary about that as well, because maybe I've based a lot of my identity off of, um, yeah, being lean or, or skinny, and maybe if that were to change one day, um, that would, could be quite terrifying. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but, like, when it changes, it almost, mm. like, you, you kind of know, because, like, obviously you see yourself in the, in the mirror or, like, before you shower or whatever, but, like, the thing that really changes with me, because I've always had such a volatile body that just changes based on everything that I do, um, it's really funny because I can tell the difference in reactions. Like, like it's almost like when you're a little chubby 
Mm -hmm. um, it's a bigger deal than if you were, like... I feel like it's really weird how society treats fat people. Like, they straight up just don't mention it out of, you know, society's stigma about weight. And they almost act as if it's a it doesn't exist. Mm. Um, and... Uh, and will actively skirt around it. Do you know what I mean? Um, to the point where it seems as if they don't care at all. Whereas when you're a little bit chubby, they will be like, oh, you've put on some weight. Or they'll be like, oh, like, do, like, do you know what I mean? Um, but that's just because I also come from a culture that's quite... Um, we talk about bodies a lot. Like, if you see someone, they'll be like, oh, you've put on weight. Or they'll be like, oh, you've lost weight. Or they'll be like, oh, you've gotten tanned. Or, oh, like, you're you're so much more pale than the last time I saw you. Like, Chinese people will, like, talk about your body, the house in front of you. They'll be like, God. let me tell you everything that's wrong with you. And that's interesting that even you've got it. Because I was even going to say, maybe my experience is, yeah, being a guy, I've not really been subjected to the same body image pressures by other people um because you know maybe maybe for my sisters or my um yeah girlfriend girlfriends <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's always that oh wow look how good you look or maybe you put on weight um but i've never i've never gotten those comments before um it's yeah. never it's never look how good you look for me that is high key a healthy way to live your life um <laughs> i mean like honestly people just shouldn't make comments about other people's bodies straight up if it's like um if it's about the appearance of it if there's a health concern by all means yeah um but if you're making a comment about someone's body in terms of how it looks i'm like no sis we don't go there unless it's complimentary yeah for sure but i mean even even then like you've got to be aware that if you're only compliment complimenting someone's appearance um that can mm. cause a lot of stress for them as well. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, we are more than just our bodies. <laughs> uh, more than just my body. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, super nervous going into this sort of topic because I don't think it's something I talk about enough. And I, mm. I am definitely aware that's a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. And um, I don't really know how to approach this the most appropriately and carefully as yeah. possible. I mean, here's the thing, right? Mm. Body image is so incredibly personal that if you say one thing, one group of people will feel extremely represented by what you say, and then another group of people will feel like it's offensive, right? Um, so it's so deeply personal that you can't really please everyone, and it's about your personal experience as well, because we all have bodies. We all have right. probably struggled with body image at some point. So it's a deeply personal experience, and nobody's experience of it is necessarily more or less valid than anyone else's unless it's like genuinely not backed up by scientific evidence or anything like that <laughs> um but we will we will get into that i mean like especially our perspective on this as like queer people like the gay community is extremely fixated on like bodies and body image right it's so so intense. beyond so beyond fixated i mean look at grinder culture and gay clubs it's all you know all the advertising is that ripped muscly um mask presenting guy um and yeah. it's like oh fuck i don't look like that body image in the gay community is is it's so incredibly like 
the the body image issues are so incredibly pervasive because of the way that we value bodies. Like even um, I don't know if you heard about it, the leaked yeah. photography brief from Poofdoof. You were telling me briefly. Oh, please yeah. go on. So basically, um, the photography brief. So that's the um kind of like assignment or the task that they give to their photographers to promote the club. Um, they said pretty much explicitly that they only want photos of tall, white, masculine looking like muscular men in the club. Um, they were like, we don't want women. We don't want drag queens unless they're like a part of the, I, I think they call it the Pufto family or something. So like oh. a select few drag queens. Um, they were like, we don't want, um, we don't want, you know, skinny boys, we don't want short people, we don't want people with bad skin. Like, it was incredibly, like, clear that they were, you know, trying to attract a certain clientele by only allowing certain bodies to be seen in their club. And it's it's honestly so disgusting. Um, For a, but, you know, a community that's as cl- inclusive as the queer community... Are we? Are we inclusive? <laughs> Sweaty, are we? <laughs> How are we not inclusive? I mean, we are 100 the queers are 100% not inclusive of people of color but we'll we'll definitely get into that um in a later episode or maybe a little bit a little bit later in this one um but it is so incredibly racist um and also like in a different way from straight people very misogynistic um the 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 gays just feel like they're able to comment on women's bodies like oh my god sis you're looking so skinny today oh my god sis yes like that that slim tea really snapped or like oh my god sis yes you like do you know what i mean um absolutely i definitely i definitely noticed that um you know it's like oh yeah i'm i'm not hurtful i'm not harmful to, to my women friends so i can i can touch them and i can make comments about them um and that's not going to offend them. Yeah. yeah and also, queer people can be extremely exclusive of, like, straight allies. Um, like, yeah. obviously there does need to be a delineation between what is allowed for queer people and what is allowed for queer allies. At the same time, it almost feels a little bit like use them and discard them at times. They're like, oh, yes, we love our straight allies. They're like, help us fight our political battles. And then, like, you know, then we have gay clubs that are like, women aren't allowed into this club. Which is... Which is, yeah, fucking crazy that those are the people who have, you know, our, our, straight, our straight girlfriends have supported us and are, are our biggest allies and then to not invite them into those spaces where we're going to feel... To make us feel more most comfortable, I don't know why. It's it's not even um, it's not even a matter of not inviting them in. It's when they show up, we turn them away. Like mm. you know the lead in I believe it's Collingwood. No, I um, haven't. Men only club. Women are allowed, aren't allowed in. Ah, oh, I mean, I mean maybe if do women try to get into that club or? I mean, I haven't seen it personally, but if it's a men's only club, I imagine that they turn women away at the door. I've never seen a woman in it. I've been there twice because I have a friend who's really into the trivia night there. And I'm like, do we have to? Like, I don't want to support this business. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And well, as someone who doesn't see themselves in what you were describing before, that muscly white um, man, how, how how do you feel? when these clubs are so exclusive? I mean, like, 
I wouldn't say they're exclusive as much as I would say they're exclusionary. Because it's not like, uh, you know, we're so exclusive. Um, not, not in that <laughs> not, not in that way. Mm. But, like, honestly, um, does it make me angry? Yes. But it doesn't, like, it doesn't make me angry on, like, a daily basis where I wake up and I go, oh, my God, I hate Puff Duff. Oh, my God, I hate the lead. It's more like if it comes up in conversation, I will be like, I don't want to support this business. Can we consider going somewhere else? Right? Yeah. Like, like for me, that is the the best way to go in terms of like how you you know um make political change because money talks i don't want to support their business and that's the t like um you know it's it's just like i don't see the point in getting angry about it i don't see the point in getting upset about it i'm not gonna let it bother me in any way because i have my own life to live right um but when it comes down to it if i get a choice i won't support them that's just it Absolutely. And I think maybe um, the different pressure maybe I would feel, um, maybe I see that being represented um, and I think, oh, maybe I'm not that far away. Maybe that is a possibility for how I could look. Um, should I be looking that way? Um, and do, do, I need to, do I need to work out more and buff up? Um, yeah, because I guess it's not too far away if I just exercised or something. Right. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just hate these masculine ideals that we're, <laughs> this is the only attractive body. Um, that's even, yeah. even so common in the gay community. Yeah. You see, like in the gay community, we have this, actually, I would say that we're a little bit mm. less, um, I don't know. I don't think that there's only one attractive body in the gay community, like, because That's true. people have such a wide range of, like, almost, like, sexual, like, appetites, I guess. Like, if you're a twink, like, you're still, people will still call you attractive. That means, for, for those of you who are straights out there, <laughs> a twink is like a, is like a very skinny, lean kind of, like, gay person. Um, well, yes. You know, so, like, um, because I could I- identify as a, as a twink, I think, oh, okay, there is a group of people who find me attractive, um, and there's a name for the person for a person like me. Um, therefore, I'm not going to have any issues finding someone who would find me attractive. Therefore, I maybe don't put as much as the pressures on myself to be that um, that other body type because I is already a known label for me. Um, right. Oh, I'm just so, yeah. So yeah. we need, a, we, we need more groups. We need more, more celebrations of lots of different body types. Um, yeah. Honestly, like it's weird because on one hand I'm against the body labels. On the other hand, yeah. um, I understand that they're there for ease of use. Like it's just not realistic to not have those, those like, labels at all i don't like Um, i don't i don't feel comfortable with the with the labels i guess um maybe it it can be validating if you fall into one of those categories but i don't know just to to chuck on your grinder i'm a twink bottom femme or something (laughs) like ew how many why why are we slapping all these labels on ourselves and that people are going to have preconceived ideas about you because of those 
body yeah. labels. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, outside of the gay community, like, body norms and standards for men are so much more forgiving than they are for women. Like, honestly, with, with the gays, like, you know, you're either a twink or, like, a like a really ripped, like, gym bunny hunk guy. Mm. Um, otherwise, you're not attractive. Whereas with women, uh, I mean, with straight men, it's like, you can have a dad bod, you can be skinny, you can be muscular, you can, you know, have a pot belly. Uh, is that kind of like a dad bod? I think they're slightly different. I don't know. I don't know about straight culture. Straights confuse me. But, you know, there is there is something out there for everyone. They're like, yes, or for some reason, men's bodies are, like, widely celebrated. And that's not to say that there aren't issues. Mm. Obviously, um, I think it's a little bit toxic the way that short men are treated if, when they're straight. <laughs> um, oh absolutely yeah, um, but men's men's body standards tend to be a little bit more forgiving than women's in the straight community um i mean well yeah gay men do report um higher body dissatisfaction than straight men yeah um, and i mean that might be in part because uh, the men we are attracted to um we're also putting those expectations on our on ourselves as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Because a straight man is not subjected to the same expectations he puts on a woman's body. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's like, hmm, I'm attracted to a muscly, six-packed guy. Not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Should I also have a six-pack? <laughs> yeah. But like honestly, I think this this kind of um, mm-hmm. this kind of like categorization of bodies into like what's objectively attractive and what isn't, um, and this and having this very narrow definition of what's mm. an acceptable or attractive body is honestly a. I have a theory that it's all completely just the the product of the male gaze. By gays here, I'm like I mean G A Z E, not like G A Y S, but like the male gays. So, um, you know, within the gay community, um, like gay men specifically, um, mm. you know, we we have these very unrealistic expectations of our bodies, and so do straight women. Um, and it's it almost feels like you know men get to dictate what is what is attractive in bodies, um, and like on as a as a whole like thing like a monolith of like what is what is attractive versus like finding you know something attractive about every body type right um because like if you think about it there's almost this un this unspoken categorization of female bodies too like gays are so brazen about it that we'll call ourselves twinks we'll call ourselves bears we'll call ourselves cubs we'll call ourselves whatever right we'll call ourselves otters i don't know but women yeah like, what is an otter by the way <laughs> a hairy twink <laughs> oh okay <laughs> um because twinks are also supposed to be hairless which is unrealistic but anyway um oh, God. <laughs> yeah um but women also i feel like have these categories even if they're unspoken like there are these very narrow definitions and very unrealistic expectations on female bodies that are attractive like for example um, you could be extremely tall and skinny and, you know, they, they call that look waifish or, like, a waif, right? Mm. Um, but people don't use that in everyday conversation. Um, or, like, you could be very, like, curvy, right? Like, um, in that Kim Kardashian kind of way that men think 
is attractive. Um, and I feel like you have to fit into one of those categories in order to be seen as attractive um, in the same way that with gays, you need to either be a twink or a hunk to be attractive. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, with the, the gay clubs and it's this, um, so much objectification, maybe like self-objectification as well. Mm. Um, or, and it almost comes, it, it's maybe sold as me loving my body and being comfortable with my body. Um, but also at times it's, uh, I don't want to say, um, I don't know, it just kind of, I don't know, I don't really feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> As in, like, it comes both internally and externally? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, well, well you've got, like, a, a go-go dancer and and whatnot, it's, it's that maybe awareness of people want this and want me to look like this, so um, even though I'm comfortable in my skin dancing up here, um, I'm only doing this because this is sexually desired. Right, yeah. I mean, like, look, honestly, it's weird because when you're, like, a young gay, you think that you have an idea of what you'll find attractive based mm. on what, like, porn tells you, right? Um, but as you get older, you begin to realise that there's something attractive about almost everyone. Yeah. Like, um, you know, you start off thinking that you want something and then, like, the the people who you actually end up being attracted to are nothing like that at all and often there's, like, no clear line, like, through line that connects them all and it's just, like, whoever I vibe with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> I mean, if we're... <laughs> Men in pornography, I mean, anyone in pornography, it's um, abnormal abnormal features, abnormal, abnormal yeah. bodies and anatomy. Um, and if you're consuming a lot of porn and comparing yourself to bodies represented in porn, you're just going to be unsatisfied with yourself. And Yeah, definitely. And it's this... Um, yeah, porn is telling you that you want this muscly guy or whatnot um but if you if you watch less of it and oh, what am i fucking talking about i don't want <laughs> don't watch porn but it's not realistic <laughs> like that's it's not it, that's real just yeah what it boils down to it, yeah it boils down to that and it's it boils down to as well as you're only attracted to who society's really telling you to be attracted to yeah and then, like, you end up going into society and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you're like, this isn't, this isn't what I thought I would be attracted wait, to, but I, I guess... Yeah, why am I attracted to this person? This is, I, don't, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see this person in porn. <laughs> yeah. So it's honestly just the vibe. But that, like, unrealistic expectation of what bodies should look like in porn, we, like, it's become, you know, more common than just that. Like, even Instagram mm. now, right? Like people on instagram have these really unrealistic bodies because they're like i wouldn't what's that what's that app called bitch i i don't fucking know the <laughs> face tune like yeah I photoshop i don't know um oh speaking of photoshop by the way those of you who are listening to this episode might have noticed that we have a new logo um, we have a new piece yes. of cover art thank you thank you to joe for whipping that one up 
We've had a couple of offers as well to do some cover art, but this one is a new one to replace the very boring... (laughs) um, The very boring white text. (laughs) Designed by me. (laughs) The boring Caucasian text. (laughs) No, 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 I'm kidding. It was simple, it got the point across. (laughs) It it did. It, It definitely did, like... To be to be entirely fair to Matt, um, I was the one who just suggested plain white text on a black background because neither of us had any Photoshop skills. So then I was so then when we figured out that we couldn't make the rainbow work, I was like, let's just go simple, clean, yeah. professional white text on a black background. And then like the other day, I was just playing around on Photoshop because I was like, oh, let's see what we can do. And I was like, oh, this is kind of sickening. Um, it wasn't my first choice in terms of what I would have done, but I'm like, it'll do, it'll do for now. Yeah, until until we get a, a an artiste to uh make our an make our cover artiste. Art. No, um, um, but back to back to Instagram and body image. Back to Instagram. I am really hating on Instagram now on this podcast. Apparently, I am like really heavily anti Instagram because I talked about it last episode too. I mean, also in the last episode, <laughs> I was listening back, and you're like, and you and you refer to me as as a social media advocate or as a someone who's a big fan of social media and i was like what uh, am i <laughs> no excuse um, me <laughs> <laughs> no that that was just like relative where i'm like i'm not on like any social media <laughs> except facebook and messenger so i was like i feel like you would have the expertise on that like issue because i use mm. pretty much next to nothing <laughs> yeah that's true i like honestly i i don't use instagram a lot but I d- I'm not. I don't know anyone who uses Facetune, um, and maybe I haven't noticed it. And maybe I'm just not following enough um, people who are posting. <laughs> I the Instagays. Yeah, I don't follow many Instagays. Maybe. Oh no, that's not true. <laughs> I did unfollow um, Anthony Poralski from Queer Eye the other day, just because all of his pictures are just like shirtless <laughs> thirst traps. Yeah. And I mean. Yeah. Like, good on you, but, like, I just don't need it in my feed. <laughs> Gays love that shit. They're like, I'm gonna pretend that I'm, like, not confident about my body, post a thirst trap, and get that good serotonin from everyone telling me how great I look. <laughs> like, they'll be like, just a just a Thursday night, like, you know, curled up in bed with my ice cream, and then you'll see, like, one leg in the air, like, hella, hella, like, abs, hella pecs, big arms, like, and they're, like, clearly flexing as they, like, go, as they, like, go and scoop the ice cream out of the top, and they're, like, flexing their arms. I'm like, <laughs> okay, sis, like, I, I see you. Like, and I'm not, I'm not even on Instagram, I know that, and I know that this happens, because it's such a huge thing in the gay community that everyone talks about it, right? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm out of the loop. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, I just, I never, um, Maybe only if it's very overt, like, look at my body. But otherwise, I think just I have a... a, I genuinely have a healthy... Healthy... Esteem when it comes to my body. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just happy with with my skin. Maybe we have those off days, but... I don't know. Yeah. Wake up in the morning, tell yourself you're attractive, and keep moving with the day you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. but yeah um yeah i mean like that's one way of coping with it just being like tell yourself in the morning that you're attractive it can be hard sometimes though like when when 
other people where that pressure is coming externally. So this is a funny thing mm. where, so at the start of lockdown, I gained quite a bit of weight in fat. Um, right. And I was like, okay, like this, it just wasn't healthy for me. Um, but I hate cardio. I mean, I still hate cardio, but I'm, I'm willing to do it now. Um, <laughs> so what, so what I did was I was like, oh, I'm just going to do a lot of resistance exercise to build more muscle mass and that'll mm. you know amp up my basal metabolic rate and it did but the problem was that once i amped up my basal metabolic rate i just kept eating more <laughs> what is the basal <laughs> um, to sustain. Meta- meta- basal basal metabolic rate yeah um so it's like the base level of like how fast your metabolism is oh so the okay, more muscles right. you have the faster your metabolism works um but you know when i made my metabolism faster i just ate more to keep up with it um so that was fun but like it was it was weird um i mean yeah it's like i I wasn't extremely unhealthy i was functioning just as well as i did before it was just a a weird place for me um but then like my family because again chinese people love to comment on other people's bodies (laughs) pulled me aside and they were like this is an intervention they were like you are fat you are like terrible you're disgusting um so like i don't like i don't mean to shame them like but uh, they they were right in that I was kind of like almost in denial about the fact that it was not healthy in that I was like, oh, you know, I put on muscle too. Like it's not, it's not unhealthy when like in reality, like being fat is not inherently unhealthy in that it depends on how you define health. Like it's not like having excess body fat is a health risk, but it's not necessarily any more of a health risk than saying than say being underweight or smoking or anything like that in the same way that healthcare professionals in the media kind of like demonize fat, right? Um, so like when the pressure is external, it can really get to you even when you, you know, were otherwise confident in yourself. Um, but I mean like that did trigger like a six and a half kilo weight loss from me. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but recently I have lost weight. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I lost like six and a half kilos, Damn. and like, um, some of that has been muscle, some of that has been fat. But in general, I am in better shape than I was before quarantine started because I have more muscle and less fat on my body, um, like visibly. And so, uh, and did also, you, like, did you try to lose that weight specifically in response to people telling you you were fat? Um, well, it started that way, kind of like out of, out of spite. Like, I'm just going to lose this weight so you guys can get off my back about it. (laughs) Um, but then, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, but here's the thing. Once I started losing weight, like certain things about my body just felt better. Like I felt like I had more energy, but Mm. that's just me specifically. Like I'm not advocating that everyone goes out and loses weight, but for me specifically, I felt like I had more energy. Uh, you know, like... It, it was just like, I was like, okay, this is fine. This is good, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I so think that... it just enters dangerous territory, I guess, when you've got so many pressures um, about what you feel like you should be looking like, and then you start to change your eating habits. And, of course, yeah, that can yeah. turn into eating disorders. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, so here's the thing, right? I would never advocate that anyone starves themselves. I would never advocate that anyone goes hungry. Mm. So what I've actually done is I've noticed that sometimes, because I picked up this habit from certain, um, from like, I'll get into it a little bit later, but I have a habit of eating really quickly, right? So that comes (laughs) from when I was little. um, My parents were both working 
and we would, you know, hurry up, everyone eat together, you know, just eat, get it done, out of the way, do the washing, everyone goes back to their yeah, day, yeah, yeah. right? Because they were in a rush, but they still wanted to eat dinner with us. Um, so I picked up this habit of eating really quickly. So um, what I found actually happened was my like my body hadn't processed all that I'd eaten all of this food when I had literally inhaled it. So I would feel <laughs> hung. So I would still feel hungry even after I'd just eaten. Yeah, right. Um, so I would actually eat more than I needed to eat. Mm. Um, and also, you know, I I have a massive sweet tooth. <laughs> like <laughs> that too. Um, so like all I have done literally is I've amped up my cardio and do like maybe an hour of it in the morning. Um, you know, to differing degrees of like, uh, of like intensity, like, you know, on days when I'm feeling it more and I do try to progressively overload the intensity. Like I'll try to do more and more every day. Um, but like, you know, I put aside a specific like portion of my day to doing that cardio. And then in terms of eating, I've just cut out a lot of junk food. And if I feel hungry, then I'll replace it with like good food. Um, and if I feel hungry after eating, even though I know that it's a good sized meal, I'll maybe wait five minutes. And if I'm still hungry, then I'll just eat more. Right. Like I don't starve myself. I don't go hungry. Like it's Mm. just changing certain eating habits that weren't necessarily healthy for me. So for the for the listeners out there, I am not advocating, you know, starving yourself. I'm not saying be hungry, do what I did and lose six and a half kilos in a month. I like, mean, no. I I always worry. Um, I I just when I see those Instagrammers saying, oh, this is my diet plan. Um, skip breakfast and on, only eat no, small yeah, no. small meals and this many a day. Um, and drink so much water. Um, I, there's no there's no rules to how we should eat um, to be the healthiest. I think our body already knows how to eat and how to look after itself. And we know what to eat. Um, It's smarter than what we think. And I don't think we need to overcomplicate it with all these rules of skipping certain meals and meal sizes. Um, And I don't know, I think it can be quite toxic when we're saying, oh yes, I'm, I have a, I eat a whole entirely good fresh diet um, I mean, what is what is good <laughs> yeah. um, I mean I literally am no authority I just want to like put that out there I I am I have zero authority to speak on um, body image I think this is my only only just from my own experience yeah yeah um, yeah and I think it can be very yeah it can be very harmful um, particularly when I I do see um, people who have maybe been through a, maybe a dis- eat, come out of the other on the other side of an eating disorder and take to the internet maybe to share their experiences, but it can sometimes be very harmful um, what they're yeah. sharing about about diet when they're not when they're not trained and a lot of vulnerable young people listen to that and 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 starve themselves and I mean yeah yeah I mean like look. Here's my take on that. Like, there is, there, honestly, for me, I think skipping meals or, like, intermittent fasting, that might work for some people just because of their genes, because of their body composition, because of who they are biologically. Mm. Like, um, in fact, this is um, quite interesting. Um, I don't know if they still do this or not. Uh, I know that when I did it for a short period, this was still a thing. So um, monastics in certain sects of Buddhism, when they're in their in, 
in their novitiate, meaning they're still novices, they actually don't eat after noon. Like, after they have lunch, they just won't eat dinner. Um, But here's the thing, that's not a strict rule, in that if they do feel hungry, they can drink. Like, they can drink, say, like, Milo or soup or something. Um, But they don't eat solid food. Um, And part of that is disciplining the mind. But um, I'm not 100%, like, I'm not a a spiritual authority on this in in any way. But it's not unhealthy in that they actually um, used to reduce the amount of activity that they did afterwards so that their body could conserve energy. So it wasn't like, oh, we're using Mm. a crap ton of energy and not eating to replenish it. Um, I think, I don't, um, and I'm sure maybe there's something good about that what they're doing as well and maybe it's had some positive effects but uh, i'm not like a fan of this training the mind to not eat food Uh, food oh definitely you know food is our energy and we need to eat it and yeah yeah, i guess i don't like this culture of yeah Yeah. not eating after certain certain times you know and to to finish that thought again this is a choice that they make right right and it's a choice that works for certain for certain bodies and it doesn't work for others and that's why they say if you need to eat then then you know eat or consume liquids if you don't feel comfortable eating um because of upholding tradition like realistically i doubt that they're going to force anyone to not eat it's not like they, they can tie you down and be like you're not allowed to eat until the sun rises again <laughs> like i mean also like um, there is Ramadan as well. Yeah. Again, yeah. like, if you have a health condition, they're not going to be like, you, you You know, you just need to die, right? <laughs> they're, they're not going to be like, you're not allowed to eat, you just die if you have a health condition. No. Like, um, again, it's a choice, and it's a choice that works for certain bodies and not for others. Um, but here's the thing, I would never, on my own authority, you know, recommend skipping meals or intermittent fasting. What I will say, again, is do what works for you, right? Like, for me, I've found that... So, my um, on my mum's side, we have a lot of, like, metabolic disturbances, I guess you mm. would call them that, like, conditions, where, like, for example, take my mum. She uh, had a hyperactive thyroid. Um, she had high blood pressure and, um, and you know, like, uh, gastrointestinal upset, yeah. which... Um, you know, it's it's hard to tell which one caused which, but they're the three of them linked, sweaty, yeah. like, one of them caused the others. But um, here's the thing. So because of that, I'm quite hyper aware of what works for my body and what doesn't. And I know that if I get stressed and I put on weight at the same time, I will get, like, I will have acid reflux on a, reg- on a regular basis. Like, I've lost the weight that I put on at the start of quarantine. And as a result, I don't get it anymore, even when I am stressed. It's the combination of the two for me that really does it. Um, so again, like my body wasn't falling apart when I gained weight, but like I'm at a healthier weight now than I was before for my body specifically. And I mean, I Um, guess even then, you know, just like your language of now I'm at a healthier weight and because I put that weight on, um, you know, that was a bad thing and I needed to lose that. Um, I guess it's, it's natural that our body changes as well. And, um, I, I guess we should learn to love ourselves in all, in all of our states whenever it changes. And, um, yeah, I think there's such this culture of we need to, as soon as you put on weight, it's a, it's a bad thing, but uh, yeah, that's not like, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's bad to put on weight. It's just when it starts like having a negative impact on your health when it, 
when I think something like should be done about it. But um, to finish the thought of what I was saying before, like yeah. because of that, I'm quite aware of what works for my body. And for me, it's eating smaller meals more regularly. So instead okay. of three large meals, you know, three like six smaller meals, because that actually, um, if I do have you know reflux, um, it it gives my stomach like essentially stuff to work through, right? Because I find that if I'm on an empty stomach at all when I have reflux, my stomach acid goes, haha, yay, let's rise. <laughs> so like <laughs> I, I need to constantly have just a little bit of stuff in my system. And that's just what works for me personally. So like my my thing for everyone out there is just do what works for your body. Know your body and do what works for it. Like don't follow weird like trends like, oh I'm not gonna I'm only gonna eat raw food like do what works for your body yeah absolutely and if you're if you're following any any toxic um body gurus on your instagram just question everything that they're that they're feeding you um feeding um (laughs) what fucking bad joke (laughs) um but uh like even that's why i'm like you know me trying to give advice about body image stuff now I I can't give anything because it kind of goes against my my morals of yeah I don't know anything about body I don't like I don't like the Instagram people telling people how to live a healthy lifestyle um, and I don't feel like I'm an authority on that so I don't want to I don't want to share what I think about it I think I'd more want to focus on how we can just learn to you know find ourselves attractive love love who we are i think that's a that's the that's the main thing because we're stressed about body because we don't think that we're going to be attractive and if i change my body i will be more liked or i will be able to find that partner um and that partner will bring me success and all of these other things and you know you get that body and you're you're still not it's not fulfilling um Mm. how can i mean what are some tips that maybe you have to love whatever state you're in and however you look i mean like honestly i've never really had an issue with loving my body Mm. like even like really the the things that the pressures for me to change have always been external or health related yeah um so honestly i've never had an issue with that like it's, I don't know, like, the, the thing that I think is important to realise is that our bodies do so much for us, mm. right? They're constantly working and we never really take that as serious as, as we should. We just take it for granted. Like, our body is doing so much for us. Like, a little bit of extra weight or, like, a little bit of, like, I don't know, maybe you might have, like, stretch marks, maybe you have, like, whatever. Like, it doesn't compromise, if it doesn't compromise the function of your body, then, you know let it be like your body does so much for you give it some small like give it a little bit of leeway (laughs) um but you know be kind to it um and um you know also we don't have to hide our bodies i i think i'm learning this as well in terms of like the clothes i wear um i think i used to wear like maybe more baggier clothes because i was trying to maybe appear bigger or I just had this idea in my head that I didn't want to be s- smaller, but you know, dress dress to show yourself off. I think there's so much mm. so much that's fun in that as well, and I'm learning to do that more. Um, 
and maybe try and buy some more tight-fitting clothes and to to show who I who I am and yeah be comfortable with that <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so yeah I mean that's yeah and here's the thing some people might think of that as like some people might have hang-ups about that but here's the thing right like loving your body is about being empowered to make whatever choice you think you want to make Mm. it's like it's not a matter of this is good or this is bad or this is a good way of dressing or this is a bad way of dressing it's not saying you shouldn't show your body or you should show your body people love their bodies in different ways some people don't want to show their body and they still love their body right so it's about being empowered to make those choices about how you want to show your body like Mm. i think the saddest thing is if someone has a certain kind of like aesthetic in mind or like certain preferences as to how they would like to show their body but don't feel confident in doing it and they feel disempowered to do it because society has told them that their body doesn't suit that or because you know, they're, they're not good enough for it. Well, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of, in terms of like race and theatre and stuff, you know, you've even said to me that, oh, you know, I wouldn't ever pursue Broadway because it, it, there's no... Asian yeah, it is so incredibly racist. It's so racist. <laughs> um, and so because of the way you look, you feel, you felt disempowered to pursue something that maybe could have been a dream of yours. I mean, I mean a like I, <laughs> I don't think I I would dream of going on Broadway. That's a that's a bit much. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I I definitely know what you mean. It is it yeah. is roughly the same kind of like vein. Um, but yeah, I think it is. What I experience just so much. Sorry, I just cut you off. Is sometimes I'll be feeling so good about myself, and I'm like, yes, um, I love who I am. And then I'll see someone else who is really attractive, and I just instantly dismiss all of the thoughts I was having about myself before and just assume that I'm unattractive because they exist. Um, and I think it's just, we got to constantly strive to remember that there are, everyone is fucking attractive. And just because you perceive them to be hotter than you doesn't, that's, that doesn't make you any less attractive because they exist. (laughs) I've honestly never felt, I've honestly never felt that, which is weird. Like, a lot of people have issues with their body, um, in terms of, like, loving the way it looks or not loving the way it looks. I've never had an issue with that. I'm just like, my body is my body. It's a flesh prison. Like, it's, it's, (laughs) I feel like I have so little concern for my body as part of my identity. Right, yeah. That it's never really mattered to me in that way. Um, and that's not supposed to be a flex. That's not like, Oh, look at me. I'm not shallow. That's, that's just like, (laughs) in fact, if anything, I feel like it would, it's almost bordering on unhealthy. How, how little I identify with my body in terms of my actual identity. Like I just like, I remember people would, my sister was like to me, why is it that you never like fix your hair in the morning? I'm like, because nobody's looking at my hair. I just do like, I like, it doesn't matter to me. Like it's not in my way. So why would it matter? Um, but then like, you know, as I grew older, I realized people judge you on this, right? Like it, like as, as unsavory and unfair as it, as it is, people form snapshot judgments of you based on your appearance. And even Mm. if you personally don't care, um, you know, other people care and a, it's a show of respect to other people to, to, you know, care about the same things that they do, uh, in terms of like, if something bothers them, you should change it. And B, um, you know, 
if someone looks at me and thinks I'm a slob, that's okay. But if my employer looks at me and thinks I'm a slob, then that's not great for me, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like a healthy balance of how you should feel about your body. Like, if it works, then great. But, you know, like, within reason, where it doesn't compromise your time and your health and anything, like, if it's as simple as fixing your hair, spending five minutes a day on that, to, to you know, make yourself presentable, because there is something to be said about making yourself presentable, for sure. Um, then for sure do it. I guess, um... I mean, maybe maybe subconsciously I'm judging people on their hair when I first immediately see them, but otherwise, I I've never been one to to notice um, people's appearance a, a lot or um, mm. take note of the clothes they're wearing or their or their body type, and I think it's just something that we're so much more aware of um, ourselves. Where more, yeah. We're thinking of ourselves, of course, more than we're thinking of anybody else. Um, but I definitely, when I shaved my hair, and I've never shaved it before, I definitely was like, oh my god, do people think I'm a dropkick? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, like, no! <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're our own harshest critics with our, with our bodies and our appearance, really. Um, and I actually think that if you put yourself in someone else's shoes, mm. you... You really don't worry about it as much. Because here's the thing. When I look at myself, there are days when I don't feel good. I'll look at my face and I'll be like, wow, that is an ugly mug. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. I've actually never met a single person who I've, like, actually thought of as just straight up ugly. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, there is always something about someone that that is redeeming. Um, Redeeming. not not even redeeming i guess that's a bad word for it but there's always something about someone that you can appreciate in their appearance do you know what i mean like even even if at first you don't find someone particularly appealing when you get to know them and you look at them for a while like you notice things about them where you're like wow like you're wowed by the human body (laughs) i think uh whenever there's like a group photo or something um of course like the first thing we look at is ourselves and oh, yeah. do I look presentable? And what are people thinking of me? I go, oh, yeah. Do I look hot enough? I always try to um, look at the other people in the photo before my uh, myself, and you know, try and ad- and try. I try so hard to admire anything in them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just internally just you know, um, I compliment other people in the picture and and. Tr- try to look for good things in them before I look to myself um, and appreciate others' beauty. I think that's so important. Yeah. I mean, body positivity is important. But So here's the thing, right? I've actually gone and done some research online into a lot of this stuff um, in advance because I was like, you know, I want to talk about this and I want to do this in an educated way. There's actually a lot of misinformation on on kind of like both sides of this this body mm. positivity issue. There are some people who almost go out of their way to make people feel bad about their bodies. Yeah. Like literally if you go on YouTube, there are people who who make videos about like fat YouTubers and talk what shit the? about them and that's so that's so disgusting to me. But on the other hand, there are people who have like this kind of radical body positivity which is just straight up science denial. What do you so, mean? 
what what do you mean by radical body positivity so um there are certain people who take health at every size to an extreme where they they actually believe that fat is not unhealthy it's the way that society treats people who carry excess fat on their bodies uh that causes their health issues so they think that cancer obstructive sleep apnea you know um all of the other risk factors like heart disease of fat don't come from the actual fat. It comes from people treating people who are fat like shit. Oh, yikes. I mean, um, I, <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's straight up not scientific. If you literally look into the physiology of how obstructive sleep apnea works, the fat is, uh, carrying excess body fat is a risk factor because it literally narrows the amount of space that the air has to travel within your body. Absolutely. Um, and maybe some, yeah, maybe someone who is carrying too much weight um, can be aware of the health risks, um, but that shouldn't be any reason as well um, yeah. for them to feel shit about themselves each day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's pe- the other pe- side of it, right? People are like, they need, they need to lose this weight. This is terrible. This person will never lose weight because they're not disciplined. Blah blah blah. Like people say terrible, yeah. terrible things like that. And I'm like, Absolutely hold on, terrible. like health. Health is separate from how you feel about yourself. Everyone should be able to feel attractive and beautiful in their body. Society should be celebrating every kind of body type in terms of its aesthetic, its 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 appearance. But like health is a separate like we need to learn to separate the two, uh, like the the attractiveness of body of a body and the health of a body, right? Like yeah. also and when people I, I say um, when fat people say, I am the picture of health, I am perfectly healthy, I'm like, and then there are people who say, no, you're unhealthy because you're fat. Like, neither of those two is technically accurate because people aren't agreeing on what is meant by healthy or health, right? Mm. Like, like it, if you're defining health as, like, the apex of human performance and the functionality of the body, then no, you're not healthy. But if you're saying, I am healthier than the average person, then plausibly, you probably are. Because, like, if the only thing that that is, like, a a health risk to your body that you actively have is excess body fat, then you probably are more healthy than the general population. Because the general population consumes hella junk food, hella sodium, hella sugar, hella fat. The the general population consumes, you know, maybe alcohol, um, you know, tobacco. Like, Mm. so you probably are healthier than them. So, like, people need to agree on what is meant by healthy here right Mm. and well yeah i just kind of hate that i think you were mentioning before i hate it when people are like oh no i don't want plus size stores or i don't want songs that celebrate celebrate fat people because it's just going to give people an excuse to 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 stay fat and not and not make an effort to lose weight and i yeah i really take an issue with that yeah I mean, if people want to lose weight for health reasons, then by all means. But to say that people should aspire to being skinny simply, simply for the for the the you know, looking skinny factor of it, the skinny legend factor of it all, then no, that's so unhealthy. Like, the fat people deserve to see their body shape, um, reflected in mannequins and on on you know in on posters and photos as much as anyone else does. Like. It's it, it, when people are selling clothes to you, they're not necessarily selling health. 
they're selling clothing mm. that that works and fits and looks good. Right. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, yeah. Then that I guess take it to the shows like The Biggest Loser, where it's just a competition to lose weight, and then after that, they all they all put it back on because it was not. Yikes! Yeah, you just got it's... like yeah, the Michelle Bridges being like, no, skinny is healthy, and then they all lose an abnormal amount of weight in eight weeks or so, and that was an unhealthy, that was an un- that was such an unhealthy way to lose all that weight so quickly, and then they put it back on. Yeah, yeah, I mean like. Again, skinny doesn't equal healthy. Like, I know skinny people who get blackout drunk more than they should, who smoke, who do all of that pizzazz. You know, get drunk in the bathtub, wake up the next day in the bathtub, because they passed out in the bathtub with a drink in their hands. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> skinny, skinny people really be doing shit like that. And there are and there are fat people who are active, who go out and do things, who, who are high-functioning human beings, who are probably healthier than them. And yet healthcare professionals when they see a fat person walk in and complain of like a certain issue they'll be like lose weight and it's like what <laughs> who said that <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm allergic to um honey lose weight <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, um, just like scrambling for like an example. <laughs> what a bad yeah. When example. you were like, I'm allergic to honey. I was like, that's so. That's so like. That that's that's like point A and point B is all the way here, and you really went from there to there to the point where I was like, does he mean he's actually allergic to honey? Is this a vulnerable moment? Should I be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is. <laughs> I'm to honey. <laughs> dear, dear God. Honestly, I'm just going to own it. <laughs> I'm allergic to honey, you guys. This is really hard oh for me God. to say. <laughs> no, but like, um, if, okay, so here's a, here's a fun story. So my best friend in high school who was, um, you know, fat, um, they, I'm like, it's funny because even though I just said I shouldn't have hangups with that word, I still have hangups with that word. Mm. Um, but uh, they're fat, and in high school, they broke their leg um, doing some, some scout activity. Um, and they went to the doctor, and the doctor told them to lose fat. Like, they were like, lose weight. Um, you know, it'll help your joints. But here's the thing. The mm. problem, like, because uh, they, they'd operated on it, everything was fine, you know, everything was good. Um, it, it was in a cast, She got the, they got the cast off. Um and then they were fine but they had like persistent pain in in their knee um so the doctor they they saw the doctor about it and the doctor told them to lose weight but it turned out that the problem wasn't their weight the problem was actually that um for some reason apparently their bones just had like superhuman healing abilities instead of just knitting itself back together the bone actually in addition to just knitting itself back together, grew an extra chunk that was scraping against the cartilage at the bottom of her knee. Uh, and that was the issue, knee. not the weight. And that was the issue, not the weight. So it took them ages to diagnose this. It took them, I think, like close to a year to diagnose that that was the issue because they kept going back and complaining about it. Um, so they took an x-ray and realized that it wasn't the weight. Like, how like how dismissive does a health professional, have, a healthcare professional have to be to, to not 
to not do anything about your complaint of of mm. bone like bone related pain um and just tell you to lose weight like that's so disgusting and dismissive um so yeah it's it's pretty crazy yeah that's ugh. and i just uh, to to live with that um and for for your health professionals your friends your family to be constantly judging your body and assuming that all of your all of your issues uh, because of your body or you're sad because of your body uh, i can't imagine how that yeah that would, would certainly certainly get you down and then to not see you represented in media um ah yeah that's it's it's not fair and it's it's not cool yeah but we have great like body positivity icons now like lizzo yeah for sure fuck yes lizzo oh she's so good um um who else do we have um the fact that i can't think of another one is probably an issue (laughs) Probably an issue, but also I'm like, I also can't name any pop culture figures. <laughs> um, oh, this is a weird thing that I've noticed too. When people who have a brand of body positivity lose weight, people are really outraged by it. Oh, right? Like, like Adele? You... Adele. Oh, people are like, I can't the... believe you. Like, I can't believe you. But like, it's, it's not even, I guess Adele, people weren't really angry about it. Um, yeah, they were more like, is, oh, wow, well done. You're yeah. finally skinny. Congratulations. Um, and this isn't so much the straights, but when Roxy Andrews lost weight. Um, I don't know who Roxy Andrews okay. is. So Roxy <laughs> Andrews me. is a world-famous drag queen from season five of RuPaul's Drag Race. She was a finalist, and then she was also on uh, All Stars season two. Um, so... On season five, her whole big thing was, like, being a thick and juicy girl, right? right she called herself okay. thick and juicy. And then she comes back on All Stars 2 and has lost weight, and people are outraged. They're like, we can't believe you sold out on, on you know, our community like this. I can't believe you lost all this weight. It's terrible how you, you like, used us, your fan base, when it suited you, and then, you know, like lost all this weight and left us behind i'm like hold on when she lost weight she was probably doing it for herself it probably had nothing to do with you the fans okay like people don't lose weight because they're like i want to leave my fans behind i want to sell out and be a skinny person no they probably did it for health reasons they probably did it maybe because they felt like they wanted to for Mm. you know not just health but also for maybe like their peace of mind maybe for for, you know, maybe because they're performing a lot and, you know, want to be able to do certain things with their body that they weren't able to do before. Like, nobody loses weight specifically to spite you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and if if you're having... If you have an issue with that, you need to check in with yourself. Right? Like, who gets upset about people losing weight? (laughs) Some people, apparently. I mean... I, yeah, and then, like, take it to movies and things. Um, yeah, when the fat person is only the comedic relief as well. Um, maybe, like, Reb- Rebel Wilson um, has very much cemented that as her role. Um, mm. And if she were to lose weight, um, what sort of opportunities would come to her? Because she's very much been um, shoved in yeah. a small box. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a really good point. I honestly don't know how that would work. Like, for her to be able mm. to pull off the same comedy that she does at a lower weight would yeah. 
really needs society to change the way that it sees fat altogether because like fat shouldn't be something that we laugh at like it should be something that mm. we think is just as beautiful as anything else but at the same time understand that it's not for everyone's body the same way that being skinny isn't for everyone's body there are people who maybe maybe just genetically inclined to not be that skinny and they push themselves to lose weight to the point where it's not healthy anymore yeah i think you said it just there and I, again it just comes down to difference um and diversity in body types like god <laughs> we're sold this idea so often that you know well we're not all the same embrace yourself yet we're still trying to fit this mold <laughs> yeah um of what is traditionally attractive um yeah and what always seems to be in a line with as you were saying with the male gaze yeah so in summary y'all we need to put more fat people in the media we need to yes. stop stigmatizing fat by skirting around the word and we need to stop thinking of fat as something to laugh at or something to be upset about and mm. we should just let people feel beautiful in whatever body they're in and um maybe check in with yourself about or why you find someone attractive and whether you're dismissing somebody um, just because of their appearance. Or maybe you need to have a more nuanced view of what makes somebody attractive. Um, a fucking men. You know what's really weird? When I was in primary school and we were a Catholic school, I was like taught amen, which is the way that that's supposed to be said. Yeah, but then you yeah. listen to American media and because I haven't said amen, amen, amen in ages, they're like, amen. So now when I like say, say shit, I'll be like, a fucking men. Right. <laughs> Amen is so much better, to be honest. <laughs> Where's, <laughs> Where's the punch in? Amen. Oh, no, it just doesn't do yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, oh, absolutely. All body types are attractive. Can we keep pushing that? <laughs> yes. Keep pushing that shit. Pedal that idea like like little 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 white skinny white boys be peddling their crack. Pedal that idea out there. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and um, also um yeah again i think i'd like to close off the the episode as well by saying like we're not experts in any way on um mm. body image or what's healthy and what is not um and if you didn't like what what was said please 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 i'm begging you feel free to chuck it out the window as well <laughs> <laughs> actually leave that leave that shit in the comments give us engagement no i'm kidding <laughs> no um no but i don't know what you're talking about i'm clearly an expert stick to yourself no i'm kidding i'm i'm also not an expert um yeah, yeah. so to close off let's close tell off. the listeners where they can find us now because oh, we are now on more platforms than we, we were are before more platforms oh my god well we're on spotify as usual we are now on apple Podcasts. we got approved and yes, we're also on Google, Google Podcasts, Podcasts and YouTube. Yes, um, and yeah, I think that's that's the main ones. Although we can see the analytics, and y'all are all listening on Spotify anyway. <laughs> Actually, no, we have some people listening on other platforms. It's weird. Oh, um, hello. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, we have listeners from like places where we did not expect to to get them this early on because honestly at this point we've just been sharing them with like friends um but there are people listening in from like singapore and malaysia and i'm like work oh true work. i mean i have a couple friends over there so maybe maybe that's oh, um who's yeah, listening maybe. but yeah 
I mean, yes. yeah, um, there's no hiding. If you've listened to our podcast, it, it gives us the town. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, literally, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, I found in our analytics, a lot of our listeners are, like, around our age or a little bit older. Wait, um, I didn't see the ages as well. Oh, we don't have any boomers listening. We don't have any, like, gen... Gen X people, like, I reckon that we should have, like, a Gen X guest <laughs> at some point when we talk about, like, maybe, like, generational differences or some shit. Um, <laughs> we should have, like, us, the millennial, the, 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 the Gen Z people, oh, we should have a millennial, and then we should have, like, a, a Gen X person, Ooh. maybe a boomer, but Get that might be a little bit too around much. The two microphones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not fun. Um... Oh we'll God. see how that goes. But yes, you can now find us on all of those platforms. Ooh. And I just wrote outro without thinking about what we would do for the outro. So um, the outro, instead of the definitive end, um, we are going to... Um, we're going to scream. I think that's what we're going to do. Just a nice... No, we, we are we are not screaming. Not in my house. The the soundproofing is terrible. God, they're gonna think that I'm getting murdered or some shit, or I'm having a heart attack, or like we we are not screaming. <laughs> um, <laughs> she said creative direction, and I said no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was taking. I'm like, all right, this is what we're doing. And Joe's like, uh, no thanks. No. <laughs> Sorry, sis. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well. We are putting it to a close. Um, who knows yes, if that's going to make the final edit. But do we just for... want to? Do we want to keep it simple? Just say bye, like bye, bye, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> we oh, are so God. dumb. Okay, I am stopping my recording. <laughs>